Welcome to the Master Slave Lifestyle Podcast. Here we'll interview real people living the real Master Slave lifestyle, all consensual and all in different ways. And in this episode... When you lose the fear of pain, you also sort of lose the fear of being hurt. First, you have to trust yourself. That is, sounds in a way so easy to, to really know yourself and trust yourself um, that you are going into your right direction. This is masterslavelifestyle.com. Hello everyone. So in this episode, I've got two very special guests. I've got Slave Conrad and I've got Alexander. And for this episode, we're going to talk about BDSM and physical health. Um, what I'd like to do is, could I ask you both to introduce each other? Um, Alexander, would you like to start? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Phil, for the uh, invitation and the possibility to speak with you. Um, I'm Alexander. I uh, live in Hamburg and Berlin, and I am um, I work in the field of sexual health, and I'm a body worker. I'm also um, a trans man and living with chronic pain since now uh, almost 15 years, I think. And uh, let's say I'm getting back uh, into uh, my let's say BDSM uh, lifestyle, which I had quite uh, some years ago. And um, yeah. Thank you. And um, could you just explain what a body worker is for those that don't know? Um, I'm a body worker. And so I, I work uh, with one-on-one -on -one sessions also with uh, touch and I, um, yeah, I, let's say help people. I support people to um, get to know their bodies, um, focusing on breathing on different grounding techniques. And um, it's always compared, uh, it's always um, sexuality and movement included. So it's an uh, unidirectional uh, touch I provide with people or no touch um, and yeah, to, to get back into their bodies and uh, live their full potential and desire and emotions. Thank you. And Conrad, would you like to explain who you are? Okay. Well, I am Conrad. I live in The Hague in the Netherlands. I am a 57-year-old and I am into BDSM since I was 19. I am serving two masters at the moment. One of them uh, is my owner. Uh, and he allows me to uh, go to the other master to uh, develop myself further. So that's nice. Um, master gave me the name Pisbak, which I think speaks for itself. Um, I'm also married to a non-BDSM partner and we're together for 36 years now. I work in palliative care as a nurse. Uh, I also did a conservatoire study, so I'm teaching singing and I'm the owner of a hypnosis praxis in The, in the Hague. Um, and uh, I live with HIV. I was diagnosed with AIDS in 1993. Um, uh, so I have been living with the idea that I would be dying for three years. Uh, because when I got ill, um, there was no combination therapy yet. So that sort of very much um, made me uh, the kind of person I am right now, I think. Uh, I recently had a long COVID and I'm uh, almost completely recovered now. So 
And in BDSM, I would describe myself as a kinky paint pig slave. Thank you. Very nice. So um, I love the idea of this episode because, for instance, over the last five years, my health has not been the best either. And I've been very nervous at times about wanting to do more BDSM or just feeling that there were some things I physically weren't able to do until my health improved. So for me, this felt like a very rich subject to kind of explore more. Um, I'd like to ask you both why this is an important subject for you as well. And Conrad, could I start with you as you were the one that got in touch with me and suggested this as a topic originally? Good. Um, well, my my HIV history is is uh, one of the most important reasons. Um, I um, found out that it, it's very much uh, is uh, influencing uh, who I am, what I like, uh, and um, it has also very much influenced the way I deal with BDSM. And uh, I think it's very important to talk about health. Um, because uh, sometimes people feel a little bit awkward when they do and I don't think it's necessary and in fact I think it's uh, very important to do that so um, that's I think why it's so important for me and I also feel that having good sex is very beneficial to your health (laughs) and Alexander how about yourself yeah, good sex is definitely beneficial to to my <laughs> health as well. Um, um, what I uh, find so important in this combination of BDSM and um, health is um, I live with chronic pain, um, so I'm um, I'm like on a on a scale from zero to ten. When I talk, I have no pain. I'm mostly speaking about like a two or three on a constant level, um, and so I developed some uh, also some PTSD um, symptoms during the last weeks, and um, that was something that. Um, limited me for many years exploring um, the kind of good physical pain I am very much interested in. And um, so this is something I, um, I'd i like to to address and it's it's important for me to uh, to share my experience um how i well not cope with it but what helped me for example to um yeah to be patient with myself because there there's a certain limitation i have and i can just integrate integrate it and uh yeah not not push that limit in a way yeah because it affects then uh, my my daily pain, let's say, and this is something that um, is then backspiraling in exploring the healthy, um, yeah, all the healthy, uh, nice pain I, I want to get into more. So, so the next question I want to ask is, so, you know, you've both spoken about different health issues or being diagnosed or something. Um, how have you both approached this and how have you found a path so you can still fulfill your needs for BDSM or Master Slave? Um, Alexander, would you like to start? Yeah, um... 
I, I approached it in that way that I really uh, learned during the last years to be patient with myself. Um, because when I'm uh, when I'm in, in pain, that that influences me how I interact with people, for example, and how I approach people, and um, also asking what I want and get uh, in in this um, yeah the the pre-talk and communication part that that is something then I um, I feel affected by, and um, so I. Yeah, I, I, I developed a great sense of um, being patient with myself. I think this is something that that I really respect my own timing and uh, my limitations and that I um, make, yeah, little baby steps, let's say, to, um, to, to build a good um, foundation of um, trusting myself, my body again, um, to... to yeah also allow myself to feel everything um and be able to navigate that in a healthy way for me and not to um to crash so much let's say or that i have um yeah that that some some part of negative uh, that's negative pain influences my my daily life then for a couple of weeks uh, for uh for a good session let's say i i need to balance that what was what was the journey with that so did you start off very frustrated or angry with your body at first and have you kind of moved to this place of patience how um, did you get there i feel like i'm i'm in touch with bdsm since 20 years now since my my um since i was very young i i read marquis de Sade a lot that's my my uh how how my how do you say uh sexual so socialization uh was done in a way and um I mean, I, I'm living with this kind of pain. It's, it started 15 years ago. So I maybe would say that the first five years or, or five to eight years of, of this 15 years period, um, I was more or less constantly in a, in a shock mode, let's say. And there was, um, I was not able to, um, yeah, I was, let's say I was more numb than, than being able to be angry or upset in a way. Um, and to um, get to know my own bodily reactions more and more, I, I gained this kind of uh, patience I have now to um, that I can safely navigate, um, yeah, and start trusting myself and other people again. I think that this is really a big issue. And um, yeah, it, it took... It took some years, let's say, to to get this kind of patience for myself, yeah. Is it strange, like, when I reflect with myself, um, you know, and I spent the last five years often feeling quite ill or not being able to do the things I want. And I think it was at the workshop when I invited you to the podcast, Alexander, and I suddenly realized I hadn't forgiven my body yet. So I had a lot of pent-up emotion and let's say this um and so i suddenly realized i needed to forgive my own body and you talk about learning to trust yourself and trust others for my own personal journey i think i've needed to learn to forgive my body so i can start to trust it again first does this resonate with you at all 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's also it's um, forgiving my my body and kind of accepting that there is this long pain history I have and um, and now I feel um, quite recently the last uh, month I um, I feel that I get back to my to to a possible strength let's say and that allows me to feel vulnerable again and when i when i think about that and when i uh, reflect and talk about this i get really um there are so many waves of um of sadness inside me that that i still feel that i that i lost quite some years of my life not um yeah being able to to live my my needs and ask for them and get them uh, because i was in this uh in this pain situation for so long yeah it's really it's, it's more sadness at the moment i'm i'm processing and um this is also something i'm i'm very grateful for that um it is possible in this combination of, of physical strength there, there's a, a mental strength that accompanies that for me and um yeah being able to to start getting vulnerable again yeah so something I'm quite excited about. <laughs> um, Conrad, um, what what has your experience been with how to approach the health and the BDSM? Um, when I started to have health issues, uh, I was already into BDSM, uh, and um, uh, I have catched my uh, HIV in that world, and. Um, I, what I learned is to um, sort of allow myself to uh, to really experience uh, the the bad things that happened in my body. Um, so I I have been trying not to push things away, but uh, I found out that I was mentally able to. Um, sort of influence the way I was experiencing pain. Um, that um, by not pushing it away, but by um, by taking care of it, I sort of uh, felt in control of what was going on. Um, and uh, it's, it's also very important because it made me less of a victim. Uh, when I, when I got ill in ill in the beginning, I, I felt like a victim because I was uh, I had always been very careful about safe sex, and um, I told myself that I had been careful all the time and why did it happen to me? And I was really feeling like uh, a helpless victim, and it was an, a very unpleasant feeling until I started to acknowledge to myself that, uh, yes, uh, I was only having oral sex, but I was having very, very rough oral sex all the time. So, of course, I, I had been taking risks, and um, I, uh, I needed to stop being a helpless victim because I needed to take responsibility of what I had been doing myself. Um, and then I sort of also got more control uh, of dealing with my health uh, as such. And I believe that, that when I learned to um, 
be in control of the the pain that I had due to to the AIDS. Um, I developed something that has turned out to be very valuable in BDSM because I uh, I've, I'm, I'm very well able right now to turn a heavy pain into something beautiful in my mind and uh, to really cope with things that I never dreamt to be uh, able to cope with. So um, I think what happened to me uh, in the end has helped me a lot to uh, become a happier person, to uh, go for the things I really want to do in life and also to um, enjoy BDSM much more than I ever did. Listening to you both, I, I kind of feel there's this theme about, let's say, power and your the power to respond. So, you know, you can choose to listen, you can choose to forgive, you can choose to holistically use your body in, in a way that kind of nurtures it. But it's all about the power of the response. Is this something that resonates with both of you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it does. And I was, I'm also thinking of um, that I can really, I have, have a very yeah great knowledge about my my body I, I can really describe in detail what i feel and what what my bodily sensations are um and yeah this is also something i i uh, combine with um yeah the power to response and to yeah to get what i want in great detail and Khan, you've kind of mentioned that you've used this as a way so you could actually do more, you know, that, that you've been able to take pain and stuff that you never thought of. Could you expand on that a bit? I, did, I sort of observe myself uh, when uh, something happens in a session that I find hard. Um, I sort of... Um, part of me gets out of myself and part of me stays in and the part that gets out of me is telling me, oh, this is not so bad, you can handle this and uh, this is actually wonderful that this is happening. So uh, there, there's a part of me that's, that's sort of encouraging me to go on with what I'm doing. Um, and uh, that happens because uh, I, I really believe that I can deal with it. And uh, uh, I, I have learned that I can live uh, with pain. I have learned that I can deal with pain. And uh, now that I want to enjoy pain, um, um, my mind very much helps me to get into it further. And uh, for me, it's also very important because uh, both of my master's really like to administer pain uh, so um, it's it's very important to develop that in this stage of my life um, and it makes me incredibly happy that it works out that way I, I really am uh, proud to um, to be able to do that and um, it's also, the, 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 these are two men that I trust completely. 
Uh, one of them is a health professional. Uh, the under, other one knows a lot about health as well. Um, and um, so that's very important, the fact that I can trust them completely to they know what they shouldn't do because it would harm me. Uh, so that's an, another very important issue. But also, um, um, I can be very honest with them. If I find something very hard, for example, uh, I can talk with them and they build up things slowly, but they know where they want to go with me and they know what I can handle before I can. So it's it's interesting. It's the, the the fear of pain is is sort of gone. So that is what is giving me a lot of possibilities. So it um, sounds like in terms of working with someone else, you need to find people that you've got a high trust trust in and then you can open up to the experience and trust that they're not going to push you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's trust is, is, I think is essential in BDSM. Um, uh, I couldn't call someone my owner if I wouldn't trust him completely. Uh, So um, it's definitely essential, not only in experiencing pain, but, um it's it's just so beautiful to um to feel that that there's a a a backside to losing fear which is the danger that you can go too far uh and and they also prevent me from going too far because they know what they're doing so i feel very safe uh, with this mind play of myself that can be dangerous in a way that they keep me on track. <laughs> that, that sounds so, so wonderful, really. And um, yeah, I get extremely excited when I, when I hear you talking to, um, yeah, to, to hear that you find uh, people who accompany you in your journey and um, support you. And maybe, I don't know how you describe that, guide you, support you, um, push you and uh, yeah, take care of you as well. It is very beautiful, yes. And how about you, Alexander? So um, how have you kind of dealt with people um, with with this um, issue with pain that you have? Um, let's say it it made me really very picky with people um i also have a i mean in general uh, because of my life story in general let's say <laughs> to, to sum it up i've really a hard time trusting people and um i i realized the last couple of months that i also um you know that that i missed to approach people when it was clear that i can trust them and uh, that made me that was kind of a wake up call when when somebody uh, said that to me um to um yeah not not to hold myself back that much that it is possible to trust people and um i 
I really, um, it's for me also kind of mandatory that people have um, anatomy knowledge and knowledge of body and um, I don't know about nervous system response and that kind kind of stuff that they can read body language. Um, that that is that is something that. Um, yeah i feel how do you say very much aligned with and um yeah it's it's very often that i uh that i play with people um who also work with their own bodies or are activists for many years and know about this yeah minority stress things and uh hard time trusting people that they um yeah that i can relate to them is, is there any um, approach or recommendation you can give to people about how to learn to trust or to build trust with with someone? It sounds so, I don't know. Um, first, you have to trust yourself. That is, sounds in a way so easy, um, but to to really know yourself and trust yourself um, that you are going into your right direction. Um, and then, yeah, and f from that point on, I'm quite lost how to trust <laughs> other people. <laughs> I think you said something that is very important um, about trust. If you trust yourself and you start meeting people, uh, then uh, and, and you trust your own body, then you can trust your own judgment uh, about what kind of person this is. So um, with, with uh, both of my masters, when I met them, my, my body was actually telling me that I could trust them. It was some sort of knowing that, uh, uh, that I, I knew I could rely on because my 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 body was telling me it was all right. Yeah, Does it make sense to you? Totally, I can very much relate to that. That I also in the couple uh, last couple of months, I had the feeling that um, yeah, the the connection I had to some people. Oh yeah, that feels right, and I felt that I opened up like from the inside to the outside in a way that made me this yeah combination of. Um, yeah starting to open up that i really felt that and of course that was something that had to do with the other people and the connection we had the the short moments let's say but mostly it had to do with myself that i uh yeah that i really on an embodied level felt oh yeah it it, it sank into my body this opening up and the feeling of okay this connection i had this really feels right i i can add something in as well so um i think it was only about 2012 i had this kind of big traumatic kind of situation that made me close down a lot and then when i came to berlin and i was meeting up with a master who turned into the master i moved to berlin for but i didn't know this at the time i was still trying to learn to trust myself and um the, the first time i was quite closed and then like a year later because there's a year gap between us seeing each other i'd learned to trust myself enough that i could sort of open and close my heart center 
you know, so I, it wasn't like I was open or closed, but I could open it in little bits. And so I would meditate and sort of practice this opening and closing. So then I could come to him open, but if I needed to close down, I could do it. And this actually gave me the trust to kind of go deeper into an experience with someone that I was just getting to know. I had this innate trust in him, like you've both said, so that kind of helped me to open up. If something went wrong, I could then close. And I sort of did this as a sort of practice. And what's strange is because it's been three years since I've really kind of served a master and in a week's time I'm going to see someone, I'm doing the same thing again. I'm kind of doing this kind of practice, which then allows me to kind of approach them and be very open with them. But if something goes wrong, I can close and therefore protect myself. I don't know if this helps you. I feel that... um... I, let's say for for me at at my at the point of my journey at the moment I um, let's say really need to focus more on the opening up part than the the closing because I um, yeah that is really I, I practice that a lot let's say and um, yeah but it it makes totally sense to to have that yeah that regulation for yourself let's say yeah. I guess there is also when you lose the fear of pain, um, you also sort of lose the the fear of being hurt. So when uh, when you open up to somebody and it does not go well, I I sort of know that it won't be the end of me, um, and. Uh, because I trust myself so much, I believe that I can open up and I can allow things to go wrong because it won't kill me. It won't uh, harm me. Uh, I will uh, recover and uh, go on with my life um, uh, because I don't try to avoid pain. And there, there, in relationships, there is, there is pain usually and and when you're not try, I, i think it's very it's what you learn in bdsm i guess is not to avoid pain and if you make the translation to the rest of your life it sort of helps you to become a much happier person because you uh you're not afraid of the pain anymore so um, a question back to both of you. So if there's someone in a similar position that they've got a health issue or they're feeling pain or they have some other, let's say, body limitation, but they want to take part in BDSM, what are the sort of recommendations you would give them? Um, Conrad, may I start with you? Yeah, sure. Um, I've got two examples, and one is one of them is quite recent. Um, when I was uh, recovering from COVID, I had uh, uh, moments where just my, my energy fell down. It, it was like I was suddenly extremely tired and I couldn't do much anymore. And um, uh, my, my master, in um, he, he saw that I was getting extremely tired um, and he took me upstairs to 
uh, his bedroom and he's got uh, a cage there with a bed in it. And it it is wonderful because it's pitch dark. So he took me in there and he put me in uh, uh, shackles and closed the door with a loud bang and left me there for an hour. And uh, it was it was wonderful because it didn't stop what we were doing. The, the, the hierarchy between us was still there all the time, but I could sleep for an hour and then we could go on. And it was just so fantastic how that worked. And um, so that, that's, that's one example of, of, of dealing with health issues. The other thing is, um, if you talk about it, sometimes it, it shouldn't be a problem. For example, I, um, when I first got combination therapy, I had a pill that was called Stavudine or Zerit. And it was notorious because it caused uh, very serious lipodystrophy, which means that the fat uh, under your skin is disappearing. Um, and uh, usually it starts in your face, but with me it was all over my body. Uh, and at one point uh, during those years, there was a master who was playing with me with a whip and he Gave, gave me a, a blow and then my skin was damaged. And from that moment on, I had a, a very big fear for whips. Um, and then I met um, one of the masters I'm, I'm with now um, and I told him about this experience. Uh, and he was looking at my skin and he said, you know, how long ago is this? And I said it was in 1997. And he said, there's nothing wrong with your skin anymore. And I just couldn't believe it because when you look at my face, you can see, still see the lipodystrophy. So I, I didn't really believe that it was possible that my skin of my body was, was recovering. So he just made me feel the subcutaneous fat that I had. He, he took my skin and he said, feel this, and sort of told me, I can help you to overcome that fear. Um, and he, he started very slowly, very kindly, and just build it up. And every time it was too much, I could tell him to, to slow down. And I was amazed by his ability to help me through that fear, um, but also um, by that all those years I had been in so much fear for that particular bit of BDSM and that now that I know that I can do it, it gave me such an enormous joy. So what I think is very important is just to communicate about your health and know, let people know uh, what is going on with you so that they can use their creativity to uh, to create something beautiful out of it and if you have if you have a good master they will definitely think of something that you will benefit from enormously it sounds like his his knowledge and expertise of flogging and what the body should be like 
also kind of helped you as well because you could say well no you've you do have fat back here we can do this and then was able to approach it in a way that would give you that reassurance that it was true yeah and then the other one came the other one was it was really a, a, a man who loved whipping and I just could go to him and enjoy it. And it was fantastic. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to add there that, um, yeah, to, for me, it's really helpful to think what, um, what is possible with my body um, instead of, I don't know, uh, you know, putting my, my complete baggage on, on the person and uh, explaining my, the whole medical history I have. Um, and um, of, of course, it's um, super important to, um, to talk about uh, limitations, but really emphasizing what is possible within this range of my limitations, for example. And for me, that was mostly um, a mind shift there, not, um, yeah, not, not being angry about this kind of limitations, but to, to really um, explore and be curious what is possible within the, the range I have. That was really important for me to um, to think in this way, and um, another th- thing is um, I don't have the fear of missing out. Um, it's I I respect my own timing, um, and be as I said, um, I uh, really need my time to trust people, to getting to know them, and um, when I have like a um, a face where I have uh, lots of pain, then it's yeah, then I respect that, and then I maybe won't go out because I um, I'm not that good company, for example, and um, yeah. And not being angry or or disappointed in myself that I didn't go or that I missed a chance to approach someone, for example. Um, yeah, because um, I will always miss something. That's like, yeah, that is um, always the case, let's say. But um, that is okay. Yeah. Who knows what is going on right now in the bars when we're talking here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we've covered this, but I just want to double check. So, of course, we're talking about BDSM and health, and both can involve pain. So there's a sort of a paradox there that one is a pain we seek out, and the other can be a pain that we're trying to get rid of. What are your thoughts on this paradox? It's mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, let's say the setting um, of, of in the setting of the situations where I um, feel the different kind of pains um, is very, very different. So I can really in detail describe the differences between um, between pain because for me, pain is not. Um, the same as pain, let's say. It's very, um, very, very different and how it affects my, my mental state, let's say, or um, 
my yeah as i said my my ability to on, on a social level to approach people for example and um yeah i think because i i know so much differences in pain i uh i have a great sense of what kind of pain i'm i want to experience more so that that's a good thing in in this paradox let's say is is it is it also that there's one that you're choosing you know or almost like choosing a good wine whereas the the other is just there yeah it's yeah in in a way like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah sometimes it isn't um uh i um when i didn't have a master uh and i was jerking off um i needed some uh some heavy pain to get get go through my orgasm so i went into a shop and i bought a pair of very very nasty nipple clamps and i used them to stimulate myself right before i came and it helped me to come so um now uh i live in chastity <laughs> so um my master found between my stuff those clamps and he puts them on and he leaves them on for an hour which is not exactly something i would choose <laughs> it's his choice it's not mine um but what i find very interesting is is when i'm with him when i can hold his boots or when i can hold his leg i can deal with it and it makes me very happy and uh when he goes out of the room for example to smoke a cigarette or something i i hate it i find it horrible and as soon as he is back uh it something shifts in my mind and because i can see how he is enjoying what i'm trying to give him and um so it's a wine that is sometimes very good and sometimes not so good <laughs> so um i think we've also spoken about this as well but um you know that we can have these health issues but the fear can remain like i had an operation on my knee and then because my health's been so bad over the last five years i've pulled the meniscus in that in that knee that I had the operation on. And so when I'm serving someone and kneeling, I always have this fear about the knee and stuff. And I've really struggled to, to let that go. I've ended up getting some knee pads, which are comfortable, and then I don't have to worry about it. And part of it's a physical thing that it helps the knee. The other is a sort of mental security blanket as well. And I can relax about it have you had similar experiences with a fear of a past pain or a fear of something coming coming back and how have you dealt with that um i guess it, it, it's like for me because i'm 57 my my knees are just getting older and i i recognize very much that being on your knees for a long time is not not getting better when you get older so um but 
Yes, knee pads are wonderful, and uh, there are very nice kind of, of very thin uh, mattresses that are covered with leather that I use, and they work as well. Um, and when I just can't do it anymore, I say I can't do it anymore, and then uh, uh, that that gets respected. So I guess again, it's it's about. Communicating uh, that there is a limit that needs to be respected, and you know it, it, it's different than with the nipples. So, you know, if, if I wear the nipple clamps, it's horrible, and I think I can't take it. But then I look at them, and I can take it again. But with my knees, it's like I would damage them if I if I would stay on my knees much longer. So, and he doesn't want me to damage my knees, so he respects that. So. Um, I, I find it very important to to that that a master actually does know about the the medical luggage that you carry around with you. Because that's that's my opinion. Because so much has happened with me, and also, uh, for example, some things can turn out to become very beautiful. Uh, I have bad ears. I'm wearing hearing aids. Um, when I take them off, I'm helpless. I uh, I can't hear anything. Uh, I can't follow a conversation anymore. And both my masters use that quite often. They take them off because they want to talk to someone and they don't, don't want me to listen. And I just need to be a slave on the floor and not try to be in that conversation and being almost completely deaf it's very helpful then uh, to get me in that in that state of mind um so again it's 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 like um uh, when they know they can they can find solutions when they know they can sometimes even make it part of the game I mean, I, I totally agree. It's um, super helpful and uh, often necessary to to share some of the medical history, of course. Um, but I'm sometimes thinking, okay, what is in in the present moment uh, still relevant? Let's say this is more more part part of that. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, I would repeat the, the communication part because also when um, sometimes there's a very small range uh, when uh, in in different positions, for example, um, where it's okay and when it gets uh, super painful, like with a with a lots of ripple effects afterwards. Um, so yeah, like starting starting slowly and um, yeah probably um be be one step before the limit than one step after let's say and um yeah slowly communicating to see what uh, what is possible in the moment because the limit sometimes um, also change although the range sometimes it's smaller sometimes it's um less visible let's say so yeah what I love about this conversation so far is what I'm hearing is that, yes, there might be health issues. Yes, there might be constraints or limitations, but that actually doesn't need to stop you from having amazing BDSM experiences. 
It certainly doesn't stop me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, likewise, I, um, let's say it had some intense last month um, to really, uh, I don't want to be stopped anymore from my own pain, let's say. This is really um, very, that, that's, it's a big step for me. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, normally when I'm doing these sorts of interviews, I ask, you know, what do you want to see more in the community? Um, and I'd like to ask that with you, but through the perspective of, let's say, pain or health, what is it you would like to see more in the master slave or the BDSM community around these issues? Um, may I start? Of course. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, we, we should um, talk more about things like this. I'm very happy we're, we're talking about this in this podcast because I think it's very important. Um, and, you know, there, there's, um, there's one issue that I wanted to mention that I find very important, which is uh, I, over the last couple of years on Twitter, I've noticed a couple of stories of guys who died Uh, from uh, using breath control uh, on their own. Um, and I, I heard those stories not openly. I heard them from people who knew them, but it was never communicated um, because um, there was shame involved uh, with the people around uh, the person who died. Uh, but... Um, I think it's so incredibly important to 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 do talk about it and to um, make people aware of of that kind of risks um, and and not not push it away. Um, uh, there was a there, there one example of, of pushing away, which is one of the big leather stores is not selling stuff for breath control anymore. Uh, in in Europe, I don't. Know. Yeah, it's it's just in Europe because it's a shop that's just in Europe. Uh, I I don't believe that works because there are plastic bags everywhere, so people will continue to do it if they want to. And if we take it out of the shops, we stop talking about it. It becomes like a secret. And um, if you talk about your love for breath control, you will find people to do it with. Um, and and the more open you are about it, the bigger your chances are to be able to do it safely with someone else. Uh, so it's, it's, it's important to talk about the health risks of BDSM as well. Uh, There's really, you know, if you have heavy BDSM, there are risks involved. Uh, you can get a, a rib contusion, uh, and it ha has happened to me a couple of times. Uh, there are all kinds of things that can happen if you have really hard sex. Uh, and that's what I'm after. So I need to be aware of the risks. But um, some people are really shocked when something goes wrong because they've never thought about the risks. And I think it's very important that we start 
to take care of each other uh, more uh, when when you have a lot of experience that you talk about people for what what you have experienced and how that feels um, i could think of a, of a you know, at, at Bluff, they have recently introduced the mentor system. There are people who are uh, uh, long-term members and they uh, introduce new members into the Bluff community. And I like that concept. Um, and I think we could do that more in general, you know, make known that you know a lot about a certain topic and that you can be a mentor on that kind of of subject. Um, and, and then you can really help people because um, there, there's, there's just a lot of people who um, uh, get into uh, physical problems because because of mental problems, because of the fact that they uh, use too much drugs or because of the fact that they are ashamed of what they're doing and they are doing it all secretly and then when something goes wrong, they can't talk about it and it develops into a trauma. Um, and the more we openly talk about things, the more we can help each other. So I think that's the most important thing, thing I would like to see in the community. Thank you for sharing that. And Alexander, how about yourself? Yeah, for, for me, it's really um, important in a way to yeah um, own your own narrative in a way. And also as a, um, as a trans man in the scene, this is really, um, you know, you, you only get me with my whole story, let's say. <laughs> So I um, I feel very responsible for um, yeah for owning who I am and uh, yeah to in a way also celebrate that and make it yeah also more normal to talk about uh, physical limitations or mental health um, stuff um, that uh, it's sometimes just a part of me and. Um, I want to um, yeah be able to talk about that as openly as about other desires, for example. Yeah. Thank you. And is there anything else that we should have mentioned that we haven't yet? Um, yeah. Um, maybe maybe one one more thing. Um, the. HIV issue. Um, uh, there is a whole generation of younger people with HIV, um, and there is uh, uh, an, an older generation, and they don't know each other, and they don't know each other's stories, and they look at things very differently. Um, and um, I think it would be good if the, if they talk more with each other about what they're going through and because uh, the the whole um, for example in the, in the older generation there's a lot of resistance uh, against uh, things like um, uh, prep uh, and um, What's called when when you use medication to prevent HIV altogether? Is that 
That's prep. prep. That's yeah. prep, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, because the people from my generation have been using those old drugs and they have the idea you should never use this horrible stuff if you don't need to. And for uh, the younger generation, they haven't had that luggage with them. So they feel much more free to deal with it. And I think if, if, if we just communicated more with each other and talk more, we would understand each other more and there would be a, a, a better bridge between older and younger people in the community. I would, I would really love if there's uh, more possibilities to, to share experiences and uh, perspectives with each other. Yeah. There's so much to, to learn from, from each other. I love that. Are there any forums that are available at the moment we can share? Um, I don't really know. Uh, uh, if they see me on, on, on Twitter, please talk to me if you want. Uh, uh, I'm uh, on uh, Recon as well. And if you uh, like to share something, uh, Please do. And I think it's the same with Alexander. You have a lot of knowledge and uh, we both think we, we, we were both very happy to talk to people about how they choose if they want to. Absolutely. That's part of my uh, my work when, when I do one-on-one -on -one sessions or um, group workshops, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you both me. very much for opening up about this issue. Um, I've learned a lot from this. So thank you. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. If you'd like to be interviewed by me or know someone who would, you can get in touch with me at the email contact and masterslavelifestyle.com. You can now support the podcast website and Masterslave community through Patreon membership and receive benefits such as early access to the podcast, exclusive video workshops and more, along with my thanks for supporting me. There is now a free download to help you take the next steps in the Master Slave lifestyle, suitable for both beginners and those who want a full-time relationship. Check out the show notes for more information on both. And if you're interested in finding out more on the 24-7 Total Power Exchange lifestyle, go to the website at masterslavelifestyle.com for more information. Thank you all for listening.